Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Leslie and Brady. Leslie and Brady, welcome to the show. Hey there. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolute pleasure. I'm excited about this uh, episode as well. I mean, I think it's going to be really fun, really uh, educational, entertainment as well. And it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of information about you, what you guys do, and, uh, you know, maybe help, hopefully help our uh, entrepreneurial uh, listeners and viewers out there. So why don't we get started, rather than me blabbing, why don't we get started <laughs> with a description of who you are, what you do, and how we got there? Yeah, that's good. Do you want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So yeah, our story is somewhat unique, I think. Um, so I was a special ed, ed teacher for eight and a half years. Um, Brady was in corporate sales. We got married about five years ago um, and about six months, a little less than six months into marriage. I was just kind of feeling this like tug towards wanting to do something creative, having a creative outlet. You know, the idea of a side hustle was really appealing to me. Um, and I've always really been passionate about writing. And so I went to him and I was like, I'm kind of thinking about starting like a little side business, just, you know, maybe writing blogs for companies. You know, I, it really blew my mind that like people would pay me to write because it just was so much fun. And so I just kind of started doing that. And it was just kind of a fun, like I said, creative outlet, made a little extra cash. It was just, you know, fun. But I did that on top of my teaching job. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, Brady kind of jumped in and mm -hmm. he's always kind of had a passion for video. And I'll let you kind of share more about that. Yes. I uh, always, I've been doing videos since sixth grade, went to college for it. You know, I didn't really expect to do anything with that yeah. experience in college. I thought I, the money where the money was, was sales. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, with this current environment, money is what you make of it. Yeah. And there's a need for video. And I found out that's the better avenue to take. Right. So. Well, and so basically we both took our hobbies and we we're like, mm -hmm. okay, let's see if we can like make money doing something that we love doing. This is so crazy. So we kind of did that and it kind of grew, you know, here and there. Well, then COVID hit and that was actually like incredible for the digital marketing industry. And we were both working from home. I was still teaching from home. He was doing his corporate sales job, but we had a lot more time working together at home towards our business. And we looked at each other. We're like, I think we could do this. Like, forever. Like this is so awesome and so neat. So that kind of lit a fire under us to be like, we really want to like set our eyes on the goal of being able to leave our full-time jobs and be able to do our, our business full-time, you know, that we had started again, just kind of like side hustle and just kind of steadily grew it. And then we just kind of kept working mm -hmm. towards that and just gradually getting new retainer clients, um, working mm -hmm. with different industries. And we then it was the end of 2021. We both were like, okay, we're going to take mm -hmm. the leap. We're going to do this. We felt comfortable with the amount of side income we were bringing in and felt like we could replace our full time and kind of set up all the, you know, ins and outs of like, what are we gonna do about health insurance? All of that. We got that kind of squared away. And then we're like, let's take the leap. Why not? Right. Mm -hmm. Life's too short. And so we did that. That was December, 2021. And a week later we found out we were pregnant. <laughs> so it's been a real whirlwind um, since then, but my gosh, it's been such a blessing because now we have a one-year-old, um, We've been able to be home with her mm -hmm. from the second she's been born, you know, being able to be home, honestly, throughout my whole pregnancy was such a blessing. But now that she's here, it's just been amazing that the amount of time that we get with her and still getting to do things that we love, right? I'm still writing and I enjoy writing for companies. He still loves doing video and gets mm -hmm. to, you know, we're both like pinch ourselves so we get paid to do what we love and get to be home with our daughter. So, so that's just kind of been our journey. And so now we've been um, full time in our business um, for two years. I think we celebrated mm -hmm. two years. And it's incredible. I just can't even believe it. And it's just been so neat. And so now we are still working with clients, um, but now we're also just really like mentoring and encouraging other people to start their own business. Because as you know, through your experiences, like that is where it's at. Like 
financial freedom is amazing, but gosh, time freedom is everything, you know, especially as you're growing and your family and everything. So we just feel really fortunate to be in this position and, and want to, you know, just encourage others that they can take the leap as well. Makes sense. Now, doing that leap from just so I understand it and, yeah. and clear that uh, you had overlap. So it's not like you just quit the job and then started the business. Yeah. Yep. We, mm -hmm. we wanted to. It was one of those things where we're like, as soon as we started it, you know how that is. Like you're so excited. Like the first week of starting a business, you create an LLC and you're like, I'm going to go all in. But we both knew we're both pretty level headed and mm -hmm. knew we were going to know when the timing was right. We were going to know we we're going to. And so we grew up steadily for over right. a year and a half. I'm trying to think what that timeline would have been. I kept saying to Leslie, if we hit, I think $5,000 a month extra, because yeah. that would replace my salary. Yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, and then I'll take it seriously. Yeah. Because at first yeah. we thought I was nuts when I started yes. this. Like, let me just say this. It sounds like, oh, we were both just all, you know, jumping with mm -hmm. both feet. But like, it was really me that kind of got the entrepreneurial itch before he did. And he, you know, let me do my thing, whatever, <laughs> you know, we, we, um, in the midst of doing that was our first year married. And we were like, super passionate about paying off all of our debt and, you know, really got mm -hmm. into all of that. And so in the midst of all that, I went to him and I was like, I found this online course. I really want to take it. It's all about copywriting. And he was super supportive of that, not thinking in that moment that he would ever be joining joining the business. But through my conversations with business owners, they're all like, we love you know having the written content, but we'd also love some video content. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I know a guy that does that. And so it just kind of happened organically. And it's really neat how our individual skill sets have come together. This is nothing that we ever imagined when we got married. We were like, one day let's start a business and work together. Like that was never the plan. I thought I would be teaching for a long time and he thought he'd be in sales. But wow, life had um, another plan for us. <laughs> yeah, you know what I find fascinating about it is that um, most people, you know, they'll do their own thing and then they're like, okay, well, I had to take a job temporarily to pay our debt. Yeah. You're, uh, I got a debt, so I'm gonna quit my job to yeah. pay my debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We so like polar opposite. Exactly. Well, and, and we still attribute our business success to the fact that we got out of debt prior to starting our business. That was the mm -hmm. the best thing we could have done for, for everything, right? For our marriage, for, you know, everything. But, but for this business, like we couldn't have started it in a ton of debt. I mean, we could have, but it would have been more challenging, I think. It would have been really stressful. And really stressful. And I think yeah. that's not what you want when you're starting a business on top of all the other things. So that was, we were, we look back and we're like, that was so wise to start that way and to like use this as an avenue to to get out of debt. Um, and then now it's just all, all profit. Absolutely. Now I love how the fact that you guys, uh, you know, found that you had that uh, entrepreneurial bug. Now it's always hard to work with spouses sometimes, and sometimes there's becomes conflict. So how do you, like, I'm certain you guys get conflict sometimes. And how do you guys deal with that conflict? Cause you must have some sort of system or structure so it doesn't overtake your day. Yeah. I'm going to let you answer well, that one. Yeah. I was going to say, oh no, we <laughs> never fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because when we were working our jobs, it was like our lives for 40 plus hours of the week were completely separate. So our work stresses didn't overlap, which in some people, some people might think, oh, that's a good thing. But like what we were finding was like we individually would come home from our jobs stressed about individual things and didn't really know. I mean, what I was doing as a special educator and what he was doing in in a sales position, we're not at all the same. So we couldn't really like understand how to support each other through the ups and downs of our days. And it just felt like our work lives were so separate. And, you know, like I said, I, I first started doing this writing when we were, you know, less than six months in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, here we are married and we hardly are together because we're, you know, go off to our jobs. And then even when we're home, we're like ruminating on the things of our day and the things that stress us out. And it just was, it was hard mm -hmm. to find that common ground. So in a lot of ways, having you know being on the same page with business and knowing our 
you know, all of the clients in and out for each other and, and being there for one another and, and just really, you know, bearing the burdens of one another has actually helped our marriage. But you're right. I mean, day to day, there are times where like we may have, we don't have a ton of creative differences. I don't feel like the nice thing is we kind of have our own avenues in the business. So he really respects that I, you know, do a lot of the writing and I respect that he does a lot of the visual content. Um, but we will, maybe we work differently as far as like the time of day, you know, how we work that, you know, if we work in spurts of time, if, mm -hmm. you know, and now we have the added piece of like, who's going to watch our one-year-old who's walking all over the house and getting in everything. So the other person can work. So that's been a whole new level of, you know, figuring out, like I said, we have time freedom, but like <laughs> now it just looks different because from the second we get up to the second we go to bed, we're busy with two things, right? We're wearing two hats all day long. Um, so when he's in here video editing and she wanders in here, it's so sweet and, you know, but he, then it kind of breaks his flow of working. So just figuring out, you know, we kind of start the day, you know, having that conversation of what is this day going to look mm -hmm. like? Are you working on a really intense video project? You might need mm -hmm. three hours of dedicated work time. I will take, you know, our baby and I will, you know, do something with her in the morning, breakfast, take her somewhere, whatever. Um, and then knowing that then he'll kind of relieve me in the afternoon and I can get some work done in that way. So we, it's, it's a ton of communication, like it would be with any coworker, but it's that next level because of the child piece of it too. If we weren't, we didn't have her, it would yeah. be so different, but we're so fortunate to have her, you know, so it's so worth it. And that's why we do it. And that's really why we started going back to why I started this business. I knew I wanted to be a mom and, and work from home. Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I always like to say I knew my like why before I knew my how <laughs> I wanted to stay home. And that was my why for starting a business. I didn't know how I was going to make the money. And now it's just crazy to think not only am I able to stay home with her, but he is just through yeah. this dream that's been realized. I guess the short answer is communication. Yeah. So communication. Yeah. Yes. So it, that's been that's been key. Yeah. yeah. If you want to elaborate more on that, you can. But. Well, just communicating because you got to have a plan. You can't just work whenever you want. You got to work mm -hmm. when it's going to be good for her because mm -hmm. we're watching our child mm -hmm. so yeah yeah absolutely now now here's the uh, other component now because you guys are working from home and like working together what's the dinner conversation like like do you guys some sort of policy of not talking business during the dinner does it ever spill over oh it's we this is something we really actually have had conversations we could get better at i don't mm -hmm. know if you could share on that more but Oh, you know, it's just sometimes when you're working at home, it's hard to keep the work and home life separate mm -hmm. compared to the office. After you leave the office mm -hmm. that, you, you know, you don't care what happens mm -hmm. there. It stays there. You go home and you mm -hmm. live your life. Uh, but here you got to really be disciplined and like, all right, at five o'clock, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not yeah. talking about work. That's something I can improve upon. Yeah. Um, well, and I think what we yeah. found is like if one of us, like, let's say, you know, he wants to be done at 4 p.m., but like at 7 p.m., I need to bring up something about the business. Is that really fair to him because he's clocked out or vice versa? I feel like it's more so you outside of business hours. He's always thinking about things, you know, mm -hmm. and I kind of switch to mom mode and I'm like, you know, playing with her or whatever. And he'll he'll come out and bring up something of like, you know, something about a client mm -hmm. that's stressful or, so, you know, or we need to try this or that to scale to the next level. And, and it's good and it's, it's exciting to be able to dream and plan together. But sometimes I'm not in the right mindset to have those conversations like a lot of times I find it happens. We go on walks a lot with our daughter and we'll be going on a nice peaceful walk. And then lo and behold, Brady brings up something like drops a really stressful bomb of this or that, or, you know, something that he's worried about. And so again, it's nice that we can kind of carry each other's burdens in that sense. But I think that's something that we, especially like rounding out this year and going into 2024, we really want to get better at setting that those boundaries. Um, Cause as our daughter gets older, I don't want her to know us as 
workaholics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we want to work in the pockets of time that works for our family. I don't want her to be like they were always talking about work, you know, and I think that's really important. Absolutely. Right. And that's why I find it could be challenging when it's about working from home. Yep. But then when couples are working together on top of that, that could add that stress. It's a mm. whole other layer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Now getting into it. I mean, obviously, when you made the transition, it was not going to be, uh, you know, like you wake up one day and say, wow, this is so exciting. We don't have any problems. Everything worked. Wow. We should have done this 10 years ago. Yeah. It's challenges in the beginning. And what would you say was your biggest obstacle once you made the conversion? Well, I guess to make the conversion. Like when be, we went to full-time self-employment. It's just handling attrition, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in the marketing industry, I mean, sometimes you'll get long-term clients. Sometimes you'll get clients who just drop the next day. Uh, that just being prepared for that mm-hmm. mentally and have a backup plan. Well, what we like to do is always have consistent outreach mm-hmm. to a uh, consistent prospects mm-hmm. and uh, just overall being prepared as uh, you can't please everybody. That's yeah. yeah. It's just kind of the nature of it. Mm-hmm. And I think what we learned our first year was um, we lost a couple of clients, which is pretty typical. And, you know, we retain our clients here and there. They'll, you know, we'll lose some, we'll gain some. It just kind of is all over the place, which when we were working our full-time jobs, it was all just extra money. So we're like, woohoo, we have these clients, but now we're like, this is our only income. So like, I like to tell people like, yeah, there's no like ceiling of how much we can make, but there's also no ground floor. Like we don't mm-hmm. have a salary. So it makes it a little bit like, you know, we gotta, we gotta figure it out. You know, we are pretty mm-hmm. smart about like setting aside, of course, savings. And we, you know, we're comfortable mm-hmm. in that sense, but there's still like moments where we're like, are we crazy? Like, do we, like, what were we, our mm-hmm. first year we looked at each other a lot and we were like, we're crazy. Why are we, you know, I'm mm-hmm. pregnant where we lost a couple clients. We had to pay for the first time a crazy amount of taxes, <laughs> self-employment taxes. We were not then like we had a hosp- prepared uh, for that. A vet bill. Oh, uh, we had a really like sick cat. It was just like everything, <laughs> right? Like everything at once. Oh, and it man. makes you just question like mm-hmm. your sanity. You're like, why am I doing this? You know, and then for me, again, because way back when we started this, I imagined doing this with the family. So now as I look at my daughter, I'm like, that's why it was all worth it because now here we are home with her. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. And again, that's the biggest problem with with being self-employed. You know, it's one of those things that uh, everything lays on your shoulders and you don't really know what's going to happen. And when, especially like coming from a, a full-time job yeah. where you have a steady salary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's different. Like for myself, I started off with the whole entrepreneurial thing. So I was kind of used to that. The whole nine to five for me was foreign. Oh, right? interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's polar opposite. In fact, the only time I had a nine to five is uh, like my first job was at McDonald's, which is most people's first job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go to McDonald's because I needed a job or whatever. I mean, in fact, my dad would encourage me not to work. He would actually say, why are you going to work? He goes, don't worry. I'll pay the bills, whatever. Just focus on school because he was just determined on me getting that A or B or whatever the heck it is that was expected. Yeah. And um but no, I was determined because then I said, no problem. I need records. And he's like, yeah, I'm not buying records. I'll, I'll pay food. I'll pay you transportation, your necessities. You want, you know, want records and electronics. You go to work for that. Well, that's exactly what I did. And that's why I got the job at McDonald's. It wasn't for any other reason that I wanted to play music and DJ at nightclubs. So I got a job and then I saved money and I spent all my check on records. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I had enough consistent flow, I quit the job and that was that. Well, actually, I lied. I got fired, but that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) For McDonald's? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, yeah, funny story about that. I was uh, very athletic as a a kid. Okay. Um, 
I, I had in baseball as an example, I had an, a 91 mile an hour pitch. Wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was at age 15. Oh my God. So it was one of those things that that was very athletic there. And we had a baseball team on, uh, uh, at the company. So I decided I wanted to play baseball and they're like, but you know, I was on the team. I was set to start and everything, but then, um, the, uh, they, they scheduled me into work. And so I went to the GM and said, Hey, you have me on the team to pitch, but you scheduled me. I goes, well, I'm not going to prioritize the game mm-hmm. over the work. The work has to be done. You could have done it if you weren't scheduled, but if you can find somebody to take your place, you can still play. Otherwise we'll just have to replace, you know, find somebody else to do the pitching. Oh, no. I was pissed off. Right. Yeah. So I, I tried, I never worked so hard. I think I worked harder trying to find my replacement oh, my than I did at the actual job. Wow. And, um, That's crazy. Yeah. I couldn't find anybody. Yeah. So I uh, showed up to the field and goes, oh, you found someone? I go, oh, yeah, I lied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, well, eventually, you know, get, the game was great, but then I got caught and that was that. And that's how I got fired at McDonald's. But at that point in time, I, I had so many, uh, you know, DJing gigs. I didn't care. I made right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think those early jobs, like, prepare us for self-employed. Like, I think that builds a lot of work ethic and character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use a lot of our previous life in our current life, (laughs) you know, so we're grateful because like you said, like, you know, sometimes people want to just like jump in, you know, full-time self-employment. They don't want to, you know, kind of build up slow, slowly and steadily. But for us, it was the best thing that we did was Mm -hmm. to kind of take it slow and to build it. We like to say we built it sustainably. So now we're able to still do it and we see ourselves Mm -hmm. doing it for a long period of time. Um, But I get like that shiny object syndrome of like, you just want to chase after this or that. You see these people on social media that are like, in a day I made a million dollars. And you're like, well, is that really realistic? You know, is that really going to sustain over over your lifetime? So that's our big thing is like building a business that's sustainable and um, and really growing with us. You know, the business that we started has, has evolved mm-hmm. over the time that we've been doing it. Absolutely. Now, I got two points I want to make. One, going to the whole, uh, you know, growing up thing and being younger, right? I think that's kind of the problem of today. And what I mean by that is that too many people have been coddled. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an era where we were allowed to fail. We kept scores. We did not get trophies for being in last place. And the issue I have with it is not that, you know, nobody wants their kids to suffer. Nobody wants their kids to be feel bad. But the problem is that when you coddle them and you don't allow them to fail, mm-hmm. they also never learn to solve problems, never learn to deal with things, never learn and, and failure because of that fear. Yeah. And that's from everything. So what ends up happening is most people don't chase their dreams. They don't do what they actually want and they stick to that miserable thing that keeps them miserable yeah. because they're worried about failing yeah. and they get devastated when something goes wrong. Yeah. So I think it's important for parents, yes. you know, parents watching this, do not coddle your kids, allow them to fail sometimes, then pick them up and help them uh, learn. Yep. Yeah. We say that a lot, you know, now that we're new parents, like she in the last few weeks has started walking. Right. Mm-hmm. So like she didn't just the first day stand up and start walking. She had a, she had a stumble. She had a, you know, and we had to allow that. We had to allow her to, well, to figure it out and get I, back up. I want to touch upon, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I pretty much failed at every job I've had. I had, I did a good job. My first my first job out of college, I, I worked at Angie's List for three years, uh, did really well, but I got laid off. And then I had multiple jobs afterwards, couldn't land on my feet. I pretty much failed mm-hmm. to get here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think failure is a bad thing. It's just a learning lesson. And it really points you in the right direction. So. Well, and the wild thing is way back when he mm-hmm. had said he wanted to do video, but thought it was unrealistic. Right. Um, he's like, videographers don't make any money. I'm not really going to pursue that. But that was really like the dream in his heart. He just didn't really know how to get there. 
and it was just like how wild this roundabout way that I start this business and then he comes on and he's like, wait, I've always wanted to do video. I've always wanted to have a media, always wanted to have a media company. Mm-hmm. And here it is. It's like the craziest thing that we just, you know, our skill sets had to come together to actually create. And I business. never told you that either. Yeah, yeah. I know. He, I didn't find this out till after the fact. He's like, I just want to yeah. let you know, I've always wanted to do this. I'm like, why didn't you? And again, I think it was fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's my point, right? I, again, not that, you know, we can do everything in the world. That doesn't mean there's not going to be any fear. It's just that you have to allow the failure to happen. So people get used to it and they realize that it's not the end. I mean, there's, there's, companies out there that have been laying people off and there's people that went home, grabbed the gun and shot themselves. Mm. Right. Like, and, and why do you think that is? Because they put so much emphasis on this one thing that when they got laid off and it was not a personal thing, it was just a corporate restructure, but they put everything on the line based on this, that they took it personal as if it was their own demise. So they thought there was no way out, obviously. Yeah. And you know, and it's sad. I mean, and, and that's not, something anybody should have to face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tragic. And you know, it's Brady mentions a lot too. People think that self-employment is so risky, but like nine to fives can be really risky, right? You never they know are. when you're going to walk into work dump one day and be completely blindsided. And you know, you might be the breadwinner for your family. You might like in what we're doing, we might have to pivot. We might have to adapt, but we're never going to get fired because <laughs> we own our own business. <laughs> so it's like, we know Unless we she have fires that me yeah, or something. <laughs> um, so we have that, you know, I guess a different type of security, like it is, mm-hmm. you know, in a different kind of fire under us to make it work. Um, but it's exciting. Well, being self-employed, you see the problems ahead of times. So like nobody went bankrupt because they woke up that morning and said, Hey, I'm bankrupt today. Mm-hmm. Right. No, what ends up happening is you see the problem six months in advance. Now the benefit is that you see the problem six months in advance, even if it isn't a bankruptcy if it's negative in any way and that means you have six months to do something about Absolutely. it mm-hmm. yeah right so you only fail at the business when you give up yep or when you did nothing to stop the downward trend yeah for sure well and going back to the finances like we like yeah. to have at least a six month cushion in our savings and we always say like if we have no clients for six months we'll still survive but like if we have no clients for six months we're doing something really wrong yeah. <laughs> you know so like that's you know we know we can't get to mm-hmm. that point but like we do kind of have build in that cushion. And then we also like Brady said, we're still, even though we're at a comfortable spot in our business, like we're still outreaching. We're still, because we know that like next week we could get a, an email or, you know, something that a client can't afford us or it has to go a different direction or mm-hmm. whatever it looks or their business closes or whatever. So we have to kind of prepare for those things as much as we can. Absolutely. Which brings up the next point here. How, like, what is your, uh, what is your prospecting journey look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, um, initially when I was teaching, um, was manual, I was manually outreaching to, to businesses and I would just try to find different industries that I thought would be interesting to write for, create content for. Um, and that takes a lot of time. (laughs) So we, (laughs) what we decided to do was, um, as we started getting clients through that, like we were like, let's reinvest into an automated outreach, um, system. And so we, use one it's called connected it's actually out of indie which is where we are um, but they work with customers i think worldwide now and basically it helps automate your linkedin messages helps you really target the right people just because that outreach piece was so um time can you know oh, consuming yeah. and it and was draining draining yeah. and yeah. it was like every person i reached out to i would just be like waiting to hear back and with this it eliminates that piece of it where i just i only really have to respond if i get a reply and it's just it's really streamlined our outreach um i think i outreached to close to 100 maybe a day oh, yeah. um so and again of course as you know like not everybody responds but like the ones who do are quite interested and then we we 
you know, once they respond, then it becomes me um, that responds to them. And, and we set up a discovery call and we just kind of chat through things and hear what their needs are and, and talk through if we can kind of fill a need for them. If they're looking to outsource something or uh, maybe bring us alongside their current marketing team, we do that as well. So um, that's been really successful for us, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, steadily, hopefully growing through referrals, through our current um, customers as they're happy with what we've done too. Fantastic. Now, with that being said, how do you determine what your pricing structure is? And I'm sure that's changed from when you started till today. Yeah, this is an ongoing conversation too, where I feel like for like, as the wife, I'll be like, Brady, you need to charge more for your videos. They're so good. Like it's hard. It's a really hard thing to like set your prices. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have raised our prices from when we started till now, which right. I think everybody has, right? Like I even outside of self-employment, like inflation has caused us all to like, need to raise our rates and like we feel like along with that though what they're getting is people with more experience you know than when we started you know years ago so it kind of just depends we we do charge like a startup differently than we would like you know more established business and a solo entrepreneur versus you know a multi-million dollar company like we would charge them differently um just because it just makes sense for where they're at and their needs and you know what we can fulfill for them um, but we really do truly, we don't have set pricing. We meet with each individual company. And part of that conversation is what is your budget? What are you wanting to put towards marketing? And we put, we design a plan around that. Mm. Well, you know, of course they'll sometimes say, we don't really have a specific budget. Can you just put a plan together? And so we most of the time they, typically they won't do. tell you, yeah. they won't play their cards. We typically create tiers. Cards, so, so it's like, you know, you yeah. can do this, maybe a little more, we do this, a little bit more, do this. So whatever they're comfortable with, it's very conversational, right? When we meet with them for mm -hmm. the calls, it's not like a really intense sales call. It's very much like you know, these are things we can take off your plate. This is where we think you can get the ROI, you know, and just kind of have that conversation from there. So that's been good for us, I think, to do that. It's kind of a lot of time on our end to individually create proposals for each company. We may streamline that in the future, but right now that <coughs> because it's just Brady and I, I think that is really unique. A lot of um, marketing agencies are lots of people and, and, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just a number or whatever, they outsource to different, you know, countries mm. even. So, you know, the fact that we do everything currently in house, um, it is, you know, more work in that sense, but it feels more personalized and individualized to the, to the client. And I think they like that experience. Love that answer. Now going to what you're saying in terms of, uh, inflation and everything going up and all that, right? You're right. Interest rates are up. I believe now mortgages are, well, in Canada, they're between 6.7 and 7.2. I believe the States are between seven, seven and a half. Yep. Minimum wage in Canada had just gone up from $15 an hour to 1650. Okay. So that's not helping the, uh, uh, plastic any kind of plastic is banned in Canada now. And um, the deadline is coming up. So people are getting ready. Grocery stores are getting ready and starting to convert, which also means the cost of delivery has gone up since they're not using plastic anymore, which is going to bring up grocery prices anymore, uh, up as, uh, you know, as well. So obviously, like nobody's calling it, nobody's saying it, but let's be honest, we have hit a recession. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that is going to go a lot, a lot deeper than it is. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's doom and gloom while we're all dead, you know, or anything like that. Um, but the point is, we're going to see a significant change. Now, when it comes to the point of costing and workload and all that, does this have any concern for you or what are you doing to prepare? Uh, well, there's always going to be concern when the, the economy isn't doing well, especially a recession. Uh, businesses are going to be more hesitant to spend their money. They're going to be wanting to save money, trim fat. Um, again, what's great in our industry, we haven't really niched down. We can always pivot, find a new industry mm -hmm. out there that is more recession proof. Mm -hmm. 
recessions hit every industry mm-hmm. pretty much, but you can pivot and find something more um, that's doing well mm-hmm. in the recession, better yep. than others. Yep. So that's a, another thing that uh, gives us a little bit of peace of mind is yeah. we can control our destiny. Yeah. Uh, whether that's redoubling our efforts for outreach. Another thing is it goes back to, again, that financial planning, uh, making sure that all your debt is paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to impress your neighbors by buying mm-hmm. like a hot tub or anything in this time. No, <laughs> yeah. no big purchases. Maybe we don't, we don't need a big car, or yeah. a, new, a new car. Like, yeah, anything. sometimes we're like, oh, it'd be nice to have a new car, but we're like, do we need it right now? Yeah. Like, is that really, yeah. I just, I would, again, delay big purchases, save up. Um, but again, don't don't take your foot off the pedal for uh, um, outreach. Mm-hmm. I would even redouble our efforts there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and like Brady said, like being aware of like industries that we feel like could succeed through this recession. So like I might have mm-hmm. mentioned this to you, John, in our messaging, but um, Brady recently has worked with a tiny home um, builder. And that's been a really interesting avenue because I think those could really explode with the cost of mortgages being outrageous, especially in Canada. Um, we yeah. kind of talked the about the average like, cost of home. Is it like six? I don't know where it's at in Canada. It's it's a, lot. a little, little high. If you're in the if you're in the Toronto core, the average home right now is about close to one point one million. That's wow, crazy. Okay, yeah. So you know these like I feel like that's something that we're like we could see really taking mm-hmm. off and doing really well, even if it's just a secondary home for people or if it's their primary home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of a cool, so those are the kind of things we really want to, uh, we really want to align with moving forward, not just specifically that all the time, but like industries that we see that can survive a recession and, and actually honestly thrive in a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get behind those and really help market those and get those to the people that, you know, that can afford, you know, home mm-hmm. housing and stuff. So I think that that's filling a need and that's something that's not going to go away. I say something that's on par with, uh, the, I mean, what's going to happen is consumer behaviors are going to change because mm-hmm. of this recession, you got to yeah. go with it or I, I guess with it or against it. Yeah. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Awesome. Then comes the next you know, point here being self-employed, like you said, insurance isn't exactly, uh, like benefits. You don't get that, uh, health plan or anything like you would when you're employment as a teacher or something. So you had to prepare for that. So obviously you're, you're paying for your own benefit plans there for lack of better description. Yeah. What about in terms of, uh, look, you're not going to work until you're a hundred years old as an example. So it's going to come up a certain point in time where we call it sort of like, I don't want to say retirement, but sort of moving on to the next chapter. And that comes with some sort of preparement. What does your future look like? Like, what are you guys doing to prepare for that? Well, what we did is, uh, I mean, we love to say Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we did the Dave Ramsey <laughs> yeah. method. Uh, is that are we allowed to say? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, major fan here. <laughs> Name yeah, drop. That was Dave our big Ramsey. thing. Like we yeah. started that like you know month yeah. into marriage. Not even because I felt like we were really struggling mm-hmm. financially, just because yeah. it helped get us on the same page. And we but we have a credit card. Don't we do. Me. We don't do a full Dave Ramsey. We yeah. we responsibly yeah. use a credit card for our business. Yeah, I get that. I've uh, I, I believe in the. I, I have the internal struggle here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and here's what I mean. Like, I believe in everything he says, and my personality fits that in terms of the I hate debt and all that, right? Yes. But I also have an investment company with an investment fund, which there's no way you're going to buy apartment buildings at ten million dollars with uh, cash. Right. That's right. not going to happen. Never so there's going to be major that. debts there. Yeah. So it's one of those. Uh, my desire for that major growth. And that's sort of the, ah, no debt, you know, kind of, uh, I have that internal battle going on and I don't know what direction I want to go with it, but 
sort of playing it day by day. But yeah, so I, I, in terms of the Dave Ramsey way, I kind of try to live my personal life that way. And then I sort of take the business life, whatever way it has to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Well, as far as planning for our future, uh, we, again, paid off all our debt, car loans, student loans, credit card first, of course. Um, and then we saved up six months. We definitely might be adding on to that. You know, it'd be nice to get closer to a year. But we're working months, on that. Yeah. At the same time, we're investing in a, <coughs> an IRA. I don't know if that's something Canada. I, I, does Canada? I, I don't sure. Yeah. We have the same thing. We just yeah. call them something different, right? Like you guys, uh, like I, I don't know which one's which, right? But a prime example, we have something called an RSP, which is where you get the uh, tax deduction from it. Yeah. Okay. You guys have something similar. It's just called something else. Then you have the one that you'd use your after-tax dollars with, okay. which is, you know, so it's the same concept. They're all some form of- so We're investing into, yes, for yeah. sure. So every single month we do invest a good amount into those, which I think is helpful. And we might even start another one. Um, yeah. And then we have something called a, it's just a typical investment portfolio. We're yeah. looking to possibly open up on top of that. You know, the market's not doing too well, but, uh, you know, it's always good to keep investing for long term. Well, and we're and young enough term, that I think so. we can, you know, yeah. ride this out and, and just, you know, stay faithful to putting money aside um, versus panicking and pulling it all out. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely so, do that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And these things are not meant to be like overnight trades. It's sort of like people with the housing industry, you know, like the HGTV comes out, you have two or three people that are successful with flipping, then you have two dozen people who try it and like, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not because I mean, like, you know, you know, like the people who are flipping on HGTV are flip are, are on HGTV because they've had so much experiences that they've learned all the numbers, they've learned the math, they've learned the uh, ups and downs, and now they got some sort of formula working. You're not going to just watch a TV show show open up the door and say hey i made it just the same and and, and that's the thing right like fl like fl house flipping is like day trading to me that's like uh you know a different thrill than the casino except i think the casino is a lot more fun where if your investment should be looked at it in a long-term perspective like a housing you should never plan to sell if you're gonna sell it should be after 10 years because housing doubles every 10 years mm -hmm. and Investments are not much different. I, I think the investments you see more of the fluctuations. Yep. But the concept is really the same. So that's our Brady's been pretty good about like being in the know about investments. And we have in the past year brought on a external financial advisor, which has been really helpful too. Awesome. Now, what would your advice be for upcoming entrepreneurs? Like people maybe, you know, looking at what we said, especially our conversation about recession, and they're a little bit scared. So what would you say to them? Well, I'll first say I slow and steady wins mm -hmm. the race don't be in a hurry mm -hmm. um don't expect overnight success be patient trust the process maybe don't quit your job right away right be wait, smart about it wait until i would, I would personally and i think we did the same thing wait until you're debt free mm -hmm. before quitting your job because you just never know what's going to happen month by month mm -hmm being in even when you want to yeah you're gonna want to quit before yeah. like especially if you're if you're doing this as an avenue to get out of your nine to five mm -hmm. for that time freedom or you know ability to travel or whatever mm -hmm. it is you're gonna want to quit you know really soon after starting because you'll have that kind mm -hmm. of initial excitement but but be wise about it you know i think an, having a, a side hustle is such a smart way to mm -hmm. save money right. and to you know earn extra income and it's super exciting but like don't rush it. Don't because I think that could have if we would have rushed into, I don't think we would be here today. No. I think we wouldn't have been, you know, set and stable enough to be able to do that. So I think 
you know, definitely start and try something, dip your toes in and, and see if you like this avenue mm -hmm. or that. Like there's so many different ways to make money now um, that there weren't, you know, even just a few years ago. Right. So I think it's, you know, try things, see what, mm -hmm. see what sticks, but do it on top of your, of your day job. And I know that's a lot to ask, but like I was super busy as a teacher. He was super busy yeah. with a sales job and we found the time to be able to invest into, you know, our own business and, and try something. Look how we've grown it, you know? So, you know, instead of maybe mm -hmm. jumping on watching TV and Netflix and, you know, all those things, um, maybe spend a little bit of time in the evenings or before work on your lunch break weekends, you know, kind of just starting something and just see what, see what you can do. Love that. Love that. Now, second, last question before I go into what I call the lightning round okay. is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you want to take that or me too? You go ahead first. I think success uh, for like, mm -hmm. it changes in seasons, right? So like right now we're like, <coughs> is our child alive? Yay. <laughs> we, we've, we, you know, made it through that day. Um, are we like, are we in sync? Are our clients, you know, have we responded to all of our clients needs? And are we, you know, on top of all of that? So there's different buckets, you know, there's different hats I think that we wear mm -hmm. every day. So like success as a mom, success as a spouse, mm -hmm. you know, are, are we connecting with one another? Are we, right. you know, um, and, but then, yeah, ultimately, like a lot of what we do for our clients is very data driven. So we're able to go on and, and look and see like, are our initiatives for them marketing wise, are those working? Are we seeing an upward trend? Um, and so I think that's been, you know, really powerful to follow the data, but just on a personal level, like, are we feeling connected as a family? Have, you know, have we gotten, mm -hmm. you know, to do the things that like fill our cup too, you know, whether that's exercising yeah. or doing daily devotionals or, you know, going on a walk, whatever that looks like as a family. Um, I always feel good just like knowing dinner's ready. <laughs> like, just like we didn't have to go out to eat because we had dinner ready. You know, like those personal things, like they do because of what we do, like they overlap so much with business. So to me, that feels like a successful mm -hmm. day. If we can like lay our heads down at night and be like, okay, we did this, you know, and, and we're still united mm -hmm. on the same, same page. I think that's huge. Love that answer. All right. Last but not least, where anybody watching this, hears this, wants to find you online, where would they go? Um, we're probably the most active, I would say, on our Instagram page. Um, so we have our business Instagram page, which is at Hey, H-E-Y Huffers, H-U-F-F-E-R-S, which is our last name is Huffer. Um, and that is our business name as well. And so that was, it was kind of a funny story how we came mm -hmm. up with it, but <laughs> but we just, it kind of stuck. And so we've been using that ever since. So that's kind of where we share. Um, initially, it was where we were looking to find clients for marketing, but what we've actually kind of transformed it into, and I, I don't know if this would be interesting to your listeners, but it's now just kind of encouragement to people to start, you know, leave their nine to fives or create a side hustle and just, you know, I, it kind Kind of what I would have wanted to have back when I was getting started, just that ongoing encouragement and different opportunities for, you know, ongoing education and things that you can learn from there too. So we just kind of share bits of our lives and what it looks like to run a, you know, successful digital marketing business alongside mm -hmm. a one-year-old that's really busy and doing it as spouses and just humor and education and entertainment all in one. So um, at Hey Huffers is on Instagram. And then if someone wants to directly reach out to us, my email is great. Leslie at HeyHuffers.com. His is Brady at HeyHuffers.com. We're pretty um, on top of our email inbox for business purposes, at least. <laughs> so they can always reach out to us directly, too. Fantastic. All right, let's get into the lightning round. We're starting with question number one, which is what is your favorite food and why? Mm, that is tough. Uh oh, I'll go with mine. Okay, go. Uh, I just had it uh, about an hour ago. Steak. Oh, yeah, he made it so good. I had that for like a he said, he said he could make it better than a restaurant. So that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, right now, I'm just, I'm not impressed with restaurants. I don't know if their quality of foods is going down, but and I'd rather so just cook. It's so expensive to go out yeah. there. Like, it's such an ordeal. And I'll just cook myself. Yeah. yeah. So we do yeah. that once in a while, but it's a lot. Um, yeah. For me, anything Mexican. 
tacos, oh, nice. yeah, any of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what? I agree with you on the restaurant things, right? Like it's, I think what happens is that uh, this pandemic, pandemic, whatever way you want to look at it, exactly. Is, yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's no right or wrong. It's however you feel about it. Yeah, is um, it has opened up people's eyes in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and as people open up their eyes, they start looking at that and going, you know what? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. So people are looking for other avenues to do things that make them happier, and. At the same time, you know, you go to an old job that doesn't even pay your bills now after inflation. It's like, why do I even do it? Yep. So what ends up happening is they're having a staffing problem. And uh, I constantly tell the owners, no, you have a wage problem. But they don't like that. Um, but the truth is that that's the case. So what ends up happening is they're trying to do everything for the same amount of people, the same 200 people in the restaurant, and they got a half the amount of people there had like to work. So what ends up happening is they're taking shortcuts in order to deliver it. So you ask for a steak that's medium rare. Well, if a person catches it on time, then it'll be medium rare or it'll be too much or it'll be too little because they're not paying attention because they got too many on the go because they're trying to do three people's jobs. Exactly. So I don't blame the workers. Yeah, same. In the way that they're overwhelmed. What are they supposed to do? Yeah, right. for sure. And we definitely are of the mentality, like if we do go out, like we are very generous in tipping because we know that like people that go and do a great job, at, you know, especially in a restaurant setting. Never mess that. with somebody that serves you food. Yes. That's something that's, so that's, we, a, that's yeah. universal truth. <laughs> yeah. But we do try to, you know, so we don't yeah. go out all the time, but when we do, we try to be very, very generous because yeah. to find great staff like is hard. And so if they show up and they have a smile on their face, they do a great yeah. job. They're, you know, definitely going to get It's gotten better, but it's still, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. it's an uphill battle. Yeah. yeah. And it's Absolutely. And now I also, I'm a firm believer of uh, quality over quantity. I would rather go out once or twice a month Same. and go to the best thing, get the best quality yep. than to go out every day and just settle with garbage all the time. Yes. Right. Run through a drive through Yeah, exactly. It's, it's different to have the whole experience. We feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get on to question number two, which is favorite travel destination. Oh, this is so Brady. He's such a traveler. I joke that I'm kind of a homebody, but I married a traveler. So it's he's gotten me out of my comfort. Um, uh, I'll go. Okay. Yeah, go. Uh, we went to Italy for a destination wedding a mm -hmm. couple of years ago. At, it was actually during COVID before it got really, it was, yeah, really like, crazy there. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely want to go back. Uh, we saw Rome. We saw Venice. We saw... Mm -hmm. Uh, Tuscany, but we definitely want to go to Southern Italy, and mm -hmm. I mean, I want to go. That was that I was definitely convince our her to get on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely our coolest. <laughs> it's different now with a child too. We definitely yeah. want to take her somewhere international at some point. But uh, I loved Rome; it was so neat. You know, it was the food was amazing. The food's and incredible. Everything. Yeah. Um, as far as like dream destination, I would I would love to go to Greece. I think you probably would too. Oh yeah, yeah. So we haven't been yeah. yet, but that would we'd love to go there. You don't have to, but you don't have to bend my arm. I know. Yeah, there, he'll he'll so, go there. Yeah, yeah, next week if we if we could. I've never been to Greece myself, and that's one. Uh, part that I do want to go. I've been to Italy a few times, but that's just because that's my parents' uh, origin. Oh, neat. So, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. Favorite podcast and or book? Mm, you're not a big reader. <laughs> Wait, is it or? And or book. Yeah. It could be, uh, you can, if you have one that you like both, you know, which one, you know, name both of them. If you only like do one or the other, then just name the one that you do. Well, I mean... First, I guess for podcasts, I mean, while we're in the car, one thing we can agree on, Dave Ramsey podcast. Yeah, we do love Dave Ramsey. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. It just inspires us even like just to be like, okay, we're on the right track. We're on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, I I really love listening to Jenny Allen. She's a Christian um, author. So I love her books and her podcast as well. 
um, just a lot of inspiration. Yeah. She's a mom of older kids. So to hear her speak about what it's like to raise younger kids and then as they develop into older children, it's just super mm -hmm. inspiring to me. So if that's something outside of business or finances, I can just casually listen mm -hmm. to. Um, and I also love reality TV. So like I love to listen to reality TV podcasts too every once in a while when I'm like doing dishes and things. So that's been fun for me. Uh, I guess for book, the Bible and, <laughs> yeah. and specifically, uh, Proverbs, yeah. book of Proverbs, there's just a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. And, you know, I took it for granted as a kid, but now as a parent, I keep reading mm. that. I'm like, oh man, this is, yeah, it's home. You know, what I found irony in it is with the, uh, with the Bible is like Dave Ramsey says one thing and it, it's actually out of the Bible and it actually proves to be true in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a strong is slave to the lender. Yep. Mm -hmm. yes. And what are people complaining yep. about the most today? Interest rates, loan problems, all that stuff. And you know what? All the lenders, they're not being fair. Well, they're the lenders. They don't have to be fair. Exactly. Well, borrowers are slave to the lenders. What they want is you, you either do it or you don't borrow. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Yep. Totally. Yeah. He takes a lot of, a lot from, from the Bible and, and applies it to his business principles and gosh, look how well it's, it's working for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it just, I never made the link before I started living, listening to shows. Oh really? Okay. Yep. It's, yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility to do that though. Yeah. It's, just, it's very yeah. countercultural. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a Christian. I, you know, like, but it's just, Sometimes you you read something or you pay attention to something and then you hear something somewhere else and you don't make the link. And then all of a sudden years later, you go, oh, wait a minute. Yep. <laughs> and it, yeah. Right? And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get on to the last question, which is if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Mm, that's a good one. Oh. I, 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 okay. So I'm a big, like, I love like, um, getting massages and like that kind of stuff. So I would do like a big spa day, like a big, like elaborate spa day, um, with family or, you know, friends or whatever. I would bring people with me. Um, and then I probably should buy something that like I could mm -hmm. keep, you know, so I would probably buy my dream home and I, we really, you know, would love a home that was big and able to host family and friends, mm -hmm. you know, at too. So I think that I would purchase that. I got a weird answer. Yeah. I mean, the spend, I don't know if this is technically spending. I would invest. He probably would. This is <laughs> this is very Brady. Yeah. Invest because, yeah. uh, you know, chance of it growing is, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's a good chance it will grow over time, you know, mm -hmm. put in a long-term investment. Yeah. I don't know. That's a nerd. And we're always big on like living below your means yeah. and like investing the rest. So like also you know, giving. I think giving. Giving. You know? Oh, for sure. Don't, that's don't, a good. I wouldn't invest at all. I would give some. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For you know? sure, we would. Yeah. yeah, we're passionate about that. I would give sure. a lot. Yeah, what I heard there basically, which is the same thing that I was pretty much thinking. If I, I could have asked the question differently, and if I asked it differently, you usually get the nonsense answers. Example, but you know, if you say, "Hey, if I give you a million dollars, what will you do?" Yeah. Everyone always, you know, I'd buy a Ferrari, I'd buy a Lamborghini, I buy the home, I pay off my mortgage, and it's always just sort of things that they think they should be saying. Yep. Where the way I word it, you you sort of have to think past that mm -hmm. and go, hmm, "What do I really want?" Right. And then that's why I ask it that way. And then, which brings up the point that the majority of people out there. What they're really looking for is, uh, you know, security, yep. contribution, yep. and uh, and experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's good. Right, which your answers pretty much covered all three of those. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. So love that. Awesome. I want to say thank you so very, very much for being on the show. Thank you for having mm -hmm. us. It's been so fun to chat with you and, yeah. and kind of dig back into our story and, and you know, think through, <laughs> Yeah. you know, kind of where we've been and where we're going. It's exciting. 
Exactly. And I think it's going to be a great future. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.